1: Score North on AM 1500 KSTP St. Paul, Minneapolis, 94.5 KSTP FM St. Paul HD2, and on scorenorth.com. TCL is a proud sponsor of the Score North Studios. TCL, America's fastest growing TV brand. One, two, three, four. It's Mackie and Judd with rami With
2: Romy.
0: sarcastic about it. High near left field. This ball's got a chance as Scope sets his bat down and out of here.
1: Jonathan Scope with his first home run has tied it up here 2-2. That
0: ball was hit high in the air and deep. Yeah, that was a bomb. We're going to see a lot of that hopefully from Jonathan Scope and a lot of the hitters.
1: And we start the show with breaking Twins news. Judd Zolgad shows up to a clubhouse and instantly breaking news happens, Rami Mappel. We go live to
2: Fort Myers, Florida, where Judd Zolgan
0: is standing by with breaking news on your Minnesota Twins. Judd? Hey, guys. I've been covering the baseball all day down here, and it's uh, <laughs> some exciting stuff from Rocco Baldelli, the new manager of the Twins, who's looking great as his club's looking good, too, although they lost it today, but I don't want to talk about that right
1: I now. I feel like we need those, like, 1920s news reporter voices. Can we like just the- do an old-timey radio show just once? Ha, ha, ha!
2: Oh, the boys look down there in Fort myers, John Zolgad reporting on the scene. Yeah, yeah hey, okay, how, how confused would people be if they tuned in to score north on 1500 or scorenorth.com? And there was a broadcast like from the 50s happening. We're well, like,
0: <laughs> you're, new
2: around, you're new around here, Rami. Or,
0: yeah, I was gonna say, Rami, be careful what you wish for, it might have happened at one point recently.
1: So, you were down in the Twins uh-huh. Clubhouse, and uh, yes. Rocco Baldelli. Unveiled something that's probably not a super shock, but it's uh, it's the opening
0: day starter for the Twins, Judd Zilge. What did Rocco say? He said uh, he actually we got halfway through and he said I've got some news. See, people see me and they're compelled to talk. He Clearly, said you were staring him down the whole time. I was looking deep into his <laughs> eyes and he said, "Okay, I got some. In- I'll give you something. Okay, just back off." Uh, Jose Barrios will we'll get the ball on opening day for the first time in his what will be going into his fourth year in the big leagues. Now, what's interesting, as what more reminded me, that Jose Barrios actually would have started opening day in Baltimore last year, but if you recall, there was that two-game series in Puerto Rico, and they wanted to line him up to pitch in his home country, and so he got the third game of that Baltimore series in which he pitched a complete game, a uh, shutout, three-hit game. He was fantastic. But he will for the first time. And this, of course, now the question becomes, are they going to play on March 28th at Target Field? And I don't know the answer to that question. But if they do, Jose Barrios will be starting against Cleveland.
2: They probably won't because there is no roof on Target Field. Wow. We're just going to go right into that, huh? (laughs) We got three
1: three weeks to clear the snow.
2: It might take longer than that. Does this look like it'll be gone in three weeks? It could be 80 degrees every day for the next three (laughs) weeks and we'd still have snow on the ground.
0: And we're supposed to get snowed on again this weekend, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So the twins. So I was told by a twins official the problem is not the field. The field can be cleared. The ground screws fantastic. That's not the problem. The problem is bodies in a stadium in which you have to have cleared out all the snow and probably more importantly than snow, the ice.
1: Like well, people I mean, it's actually not going to be zero us. degrees for the next month, is it? No, is but it? they've
0: got to get I mean, all we of have, that. We have three weeks, but, That's but plenty I, of time. Well, yes, but I think the point. I think the point is the field's not the problem. They can play the game. They'll be miserable potentially, but they can play the game. But the issue is going to be actually physically clearing out the stadium. So you're
1: saying, like, chipping the ice off of the Legends Club seats, basically. is. And
0: I'd like to say, by March 28th, it's going to be back to normal, but who the hell knows? It's going to be in
1: the 30s, 40s, tops. Mm -hmm. You know, we we fired our only bullet at Target Field. Opening day, 2010, the first opening day at Target Field, Rami. I mean, it was 70 degrees and sunny. And it oh. was probably it was April twelfth, so it was, oh. a little, it was a little bit later. So at on. that
2: point, you were like, "Who needs a roof?" Dude,
1: it was amazing, and I think ever Ugh. since it's been thirty degrees. It's just it's been blizzard. And you know what? It's been terrible.
2: Ugh.
0: And guess what, guys? I'm not backing off my stance. I'll still take outdoor baseball every time.
2: Oh, for sure. I don't. Yeah, without a doubt. You don't care. Have, you can have outdoor baseball, guys. The roof retracts.
1: Let's get Dave St. Peter back on the phone. So can <laughs> yeah, so
0: Rami can this. complain and talk about. So, so a Cubs fan can tell us how the Brewers do it right. I would put. One, I told you, I'd put one over Wrigley Field too.
1: I would take the Brewers lineup, and I like the Twins lineup, but I think that, you look at the Brewers lineup. But I wouldn't. <laughs> but I wouldn't take their stadium. Would not take their stadium. That's a hill I'm going to die on. <laughs> All right, so, I'm with you, Phil. So a hill. A good segue here. A hill that I will die on. I think Jose Barrios is a legitimate ace, and I think this is the year he takes a big step forward. So he's been good, not great so far in his career. Now,
2: quantify legitimate ace, because to me, legitimate ace, that's, that's a Cy Young contender. I that's think, a guy who would yes. be a number one on almost any rotation in Major League Baseball.
1: I think Jose Barrios wins a Cy Young award in his career, okay. and, and this is the year that the window opens for the first time.
2: Okay. Write that down, Rami. All right.
1: Here Let's yeah. Let's. I'm gonna. I'm gonna literally take this pen and write this down for a prediction. Okay. I'll give you the play-by-play. Cy Young Award. So, just to back up a step, I remember when he was drafted. He was a supplemental pick back. I don't know, 2012. Uh huh. And I remember talking to a couple twins people and a couple scouts when I covered that beat. I, I covered the beat from 2010 to 2013. And I was on one of the side fields just down from where Judd is right now in Fort Myers. And I was standing on one of those chain link fence fields where that's the cool thing about twins camp. You can watch practice just like you would watch a high school game. You walk up to a chain link fence field. You can stick your fingers through the mesh and you can just watch these guys take batting practice and throw bullpens and play in B games. And I asked a couple scouts, what do you, of all these pitchers, the twins are bringing in, they're bringing in these hard throwing guys. They've got Kyle Gibson in their system. Um, whoever else, we're naming off names. Trevor May, they just acquired via trade. Of all these guys, give me the one that we should really keep our eye on. And multiple people kept going back to, at the time, I believe it was 19 year old Jose Barrios. Three pitch mix as a 19 year old, mid 90s, movement, and a breaking ball that drops off the table. You watch hitters swing at that breaking ball. I mean, it show there's like gifs of his breaking ball floating around Twitter. Mm-hmm. And sometimes when you have that many great pitches and you, and you, Like you throw in the mid nineties and you got movement and your stuff goes all over the place. It's like throwing a wiffle ball. You don't just walk in with command your first year in the big leagues. He spent the last three years honing his command, honing his, his, his workload. And I think the window opens. If you guys look at a list of pitchers who broke through at the age of 25, and that's what he's going to turn here early in the season. 25 is a major breakthrough age for starting pitchers historically. And I'm not putting him in the same category as these guys. Don't get me wrong. He's not Pedro Martinez, okay? Well, he's got a lot of work to do to be Pedro Martinez. A little bit, yeah. Pedro Martinez, age 25, jumped from being a good pitcher from age 22 to 25, mid to upper threes, ERAs, to being a Cy Young guy, age 25. Roy Halladay, borderline starter, decent guy, age 25, boom, Cy Young guy. Johan Santana went from being a part-time starter to being a Cy young guy at age twenty-five, John Lester, Aaron Nola last year uh, for the Phillies. I could I could name twenty guys right now that broke through at age twenty-five because sometimes it just takes
0: you a few years as a pitcher. So I'm and, super bullish on Barrios, guys, and he's been good too. So I mean, th- this is not of, of that group that we talked about three years back or so, right? Buxton, Sonu, Barrios. Barrios came up and that first year was he was choppy at times. He looked great at times. He didn't. Uh, but he's been good. And so so for him to ascend to what you're talking about, Phil, is not like, oh, my gosh, he's got to have a great year because he's actually been on a track. And and I think that the the inconsistency that we saw his first year has certainly dissipated quite a bit, right? So this is not – if he does take that step and, let's say, goes from being what the Twins consider to be their ace to being a, a ace in the big leagues in 2019 – it's not going to be shocking. Yeah, I wouldn't
2: be surprised at all. Just from what I'm hearing about Jose Barrios from people since I got here, that they think he can he can be that guy. But the reason why I asked Phil to quantify that is because sometimes within a market, you'll call a guy your ace because it's almost yeah. it's almost de facto. It's by default because he's the number one pitcher. On what's an otherwise ordinary staff, but you guys, it sounds like you're saying, are he could be a true bona fide ace, the type of guy who, like I said, is a Cy Young contender, and you'd put him in almost any rotation, yeah. and he'd be a number one pitcher. I mean, put put
1: it this way, right now, and I might be missing a couple guys here, but the American League starting pitcher pecking order, in some order, did you say pecking order, Phil Mack? That's right. I got a pecking wow, order bringing order it, it back. Right, so. I, th- I don't I don't know what order it, but I know that Chris Sale is up on top of that pecking order. I know that Justin Verlander and Corey Kluber and probably after last year Trevor Bauer has to be considered in that mix. Yep. Yes, agreed. Luis Severino after what he did with the Yankees last year is definitely in that mix and uh, and probably uh, uh, Blake Snell with the Rays. so there's there's five or six pitchers right now at the top of the American League starting pitching pecking order. That are that that are just there based on what they've done the last few sure. years. Sure, I think Barrios belongs at the bottom of that group. I don't think he's. You think he does now, or you think he's going to earn think he, his way into that? He will that. earn his way into that this okay. year. I think. I don't think you're going to look at him right away and say, "Oh, that's Chris Sale caliber dominance," or that's you know that's uh, uh, Justin Verlander first thirty starts with the Astros dominance. Right. But I think the combination of his work ethic his pitch mix and we can dive into this story before the show is over the way the twins are going about using analytics to make their pitchers better mm-hmm. and to to take guys who might have been average and bring them to be above average and guys who were good and make them great etc i just think it's a perfect storm for Burrios this season so i would
2: be buying all of the Burrios. i've i've seen those benefits firsthand phil of of what a a a an analytics department can do for for a pitching staff because that Brewers pitching staff that I covered for years is just, it's a group of journeymen they don't have anybody, when you talk about in terms of talent and stuff they don't have anybody in the league of Jose Barrios, but somehow last year with pitching coach Derek Johnson, and he's off to the Reds now so we'll see how they handle that change, but Somehow in the last couple of years, they've been able to take the Jolie Chassines, the Junior Guerras, the Wade Miley's of the world and and get like front of the rotation type of stuff out of them for at least stretches. But the yeah. key in that was, and it's funny because Dan Hayes had a piece about this that went up today at The Athletic, wasn't just having a good analytics department, but having a coaching staff and the guys who are sort of the liaison between that analytics department and the coaching staff and the players who makes this stuff digestible so that you're not just and we talked about this today on on touch Em all. Judd t- talked about it perfectly. You're not just dropping a binder or or a spreadsheet full of numbers down in front of these here, guys. Figure this out and going here. Figure this out. Absolutely, you're, no, that's absolutely you're true. Putting yeah. it, you're putting it in terms and 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 in, in ways that is digestible for these guys, and they know not just what they're doing but why they're doing it. And I think that's that's going to be the key this year. With the change to Rocco Baldelli is to see if they can more effectively use what's coming from their analytics department and put it to use on the field.
0: Comparison, boys. I've actually thought of this for the first time today, but I think the comparison makes sense. Wes Johnson, Rocco, and the Twins with Gary Kubiak, Vikings. Because I think we get, we get so caught up in this pitcher just stinks, right? And, or this, this left tackle or left guard. And, and it's not that we're wrong there, but if you think about how teams now operate, they aren't necessarily operating on, on then pursuing an all star, uh, rotation. They're not pursuing potential, uh, Pro Bowl linemen. If you think about it, what are teams doing now? Teams are sort of deconstructing and say, okay, how can we put the athletes that that we have, or at least the the ones who are competent, I'm not saying they're really bad players, but the the pitchers and or O-line guys who are competent players, how can we put them in far more of a position within the structure of our system to succeed?
1: Yeah, and in fact, there is, well, the Kubiak thing kind of remains to be seen, right? Right, but I'm
0: saying I think it's the same thought. I think we're saying these linemen all stink. They've proven it. And I think the Vikings (laughs) are saying, hold on a second. If, if this zone-blocking scheme, if the scheme that we're going to incorporate works, we're going to take, let's say, three guys off that 2018 team who weren't great and make them good. Sure, and obviously the Twins
1: front office and scouting approach, it remains to be seen if you can implement that in a way that leads to division championships, et cetera. And uh, there's, a, there's a glaring example of, of a one, one who got away that we're going to get to before too long here. But uh, I, I do put the Twins in terms of what they're trying to do analytically, in the same category as some of the other franchises that you would think of top of mind, the Rays, the Oakland Athletics. And I look at what the A's did last year with their pitching staff and think, okay, if they can take a group like Trevor Cahill, Edwin Jackson, and uh, like this Sean Manaya who's fine, but like just literally a group of dudes off the street and off the waiver wire and win almost a hundred games and have, Starting pitchers with rejuvenated careers, imagine if you applied some of those same principles to actual top-end talent arms, right. right? Yep. Like Jose Barrios. That would be, that would be the main goal. Did we just blow Judd away with our takes there, or is he back?
0: I, no, no, no. I, okay. turned, I, I okay. turned my mic off for a brief second as I shuffled papers and then turned it back on.
1: Judd had to rotate his, his tanning position. What, Damn it, I'm a radio professional
0: now, Mackie. You have to accept this. I know what uh, I'm doing.
1: I miss, staying with, seven years. I miss staying with you at the La Quinta Inn behind Waffle House.
0: <laughs> Some of my okay. most fond memories of Okay, Florida. you know what? I'm not going to say a word because they might be a sponsor. Someday. That's so true. they're great. That's they're true. fantastic. Yep. The people at La Quinta are our fantastic. The La Quinta or the fantastic. Waffle House? Oh, you know what? I'm all for everybody. Go everybody. <laughs> Go any chain that wants to come to, to us and potentially advertise, I'm well, on there, board. Are,
2: there are no Waffle Houses north of the Mason Dixon. So feel that free, doesn't mean it that, that doesn't mean to they couldn't them. branch
0: out. That does, see, I'm always giving this thought. Dunkin' Donuts here now. Tim Horton's here now. Who says Waffle House Camp? That's
1: true. It's Judd Get here for literally anyone that wants
0: to put money in my pocket. <laughs> hey, you guys, I, you know what? I realized today, and I'm dead serious. I got to get myself an, an endorsement for somebody that breaks up ice dams. Like a moron, I didn't get out and roof rake. I think my roof's just going to come right down.
1: Well, wouldn't, wouldn't Don usually handle that before oh, boy, you, what anyways? Is, what is roof raking? I've never uh, like the snow rake. off the top of your house. Yeah, oh. you
0: you pour you pull the snow off your roof so huge icicles don't How? form, and including what they call ice dams, which can do damage. And right now, it looks like there is going to be a small lake on my roof when this all melts.
1: I feel like traditionally, Don would look to like five or six of her friends before she would
2: ask you to do that. How do you even do that? Are you I are, wish. do you get up on a you get up on a no, ladder?
0: No, no, no. To a roof rake, it, it's an extension. So you take it's like a rake like. Obviously, object and and it connects to poles and so it can go like halfway up your roof in my case and you can pull the snow down. But the problem is if you don't, like I didn't, you have these ice dams that form Mm. and it's it looks like it looks like the wild could play a game on my roof right now. Association dues,
1: gentlemen. Association
0: (laughs) dues. You know, there's a lot of things I like to argue with you about on that one. I don't I can't.
2: You're right. Yeah, I just made the move from a house to an apartment and it is so, like just oh. just the, the 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 peace of mind is so worth it. So worth. It. I don't it care. I don't it care truly I don't care that I'll never see that money again. Like just No, if, you shouldn't. If my roof caved in, not my problem. No. You know it. what?
0: <laughs> Ronnie, you're so right. 30-year-old Judd who's like, you know, we should go buy a house and my wife's like, "Yeah, we should. It'll be the great tax break and which is true, and but all of that stuff." 30-year-old Judd Forty-nine year old Judd can tell that guy, you are a moron. You can't fix anything. What were you thinking? You can barely shovel. I feel like
1: radio people and media people. Like if you work in the media industry, chances are you have no idea like how to change a tire, how to like rake snow off the top of your house.
2: Oh, this or, is or maybe it's just true. me and
1: Judd. I don't no, know. I, I, no, Patrick. I <laughs>
2: No, Patrick said the same thing. I do know how to do things, and I, I can pick up things pretty quickly if you show me how to do it. I'm I'm just terrible at upkeep in general, at like remembering to do stuff. Like you have air filters; you're supposed to change every once in a while. Like you're supposed to keep up with your home, and there's like maintenance that goes with it. And I'm just I'm just terrible <laughs> with that. It's not it's not that I can't do it. It's just that who's who has that schedule?
0: Like, th- is that something that you hang up in yeah. your home?
1: No, it's something the maintenance or- guy that your association
0: dues paid for. <laughs> That's what that guy's job is for. That's what rami has got now. See, I'm, I'm the the one left out now. Yeah, you've got the association guy. rami has got it. So if something goes wrong, you don't care. I don't. Your I really do. Y- or your front stoops get you know plowed probably snow blower comes
1: mm-hmm. yep it's great Me, i park
0: underground oh that's amazing oh it's great you know oh, I had, and you park underground oh. i gotta
1: be honest so i'm <laughs> i'm underground and i'm right under the heater so my car gets a little too hot in the morning oh, and i really? just have to roll the
2: windows down yeah. yeah it's really rough i uh when <laughs> i mo- when i moved into my building i don't know apparently all the spots were taken in our underground parking so the only spot that was available was a handicapped spot right next to the elevator so they made it just a regular parking spot for me. I'm like, Bruce, oh, just for you, just for me. I'm like Bruce Wayne, dude. Like I pull into my underground parking, and I'm at my elevator. My elevator basically opens up at my apartment. It's amazing. How did you get this? Because they were out of spots in the underground lot, so and they, they so, felt and they felt bad oh, they about how to, things went down.
0: I was gonna say they almost didn't allow you in. <laughs> they put you
1: on a terrorist watch list and thought, Let's at least give them a decent oh, you know parking what? lot. Spot.
0: Phil, I've got it. His car is being monitored constantly while there, and they're telling him they did him a big favor. They're like, okay, we got him now. We got McLeod now. Imagine, no question
2: about it. I'd imagine at some point somebody who actually needs that handicapped spot will move into my building, and then I'll, I'll have to move out of that spot. But for now, I'm really enjoying it. You know, it. Bruce Wayne, I don't know if you've ever
1: picked up on this uh-huh. in some of the Batman movies, but when he brings someone, a visitor, to the Batcave, he mm-hmm. drugs them in or, the passenger Or blindfolds seat. them, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, is this apartment like that at all?
0: No, No, that took a really dark turn. I mean, it was a fun conversation. That took a dark turn. Yeah, Uh, you try to
2: set me up for a Bill Cosby joke. That's going to cost me my job.
0: (laughs) Rami, who's looking forward to his return to the Milwaukee market. Can we get more
1: twins observations from you when we come back here, Judd? So, Judd's first day in Fort Myers. And also, we should touch, so, so we can weave this in. We kind of alluded to it. Dan Hayes from The Athletic, our friend, has a great piece about how the Twins are incorporating some of these newfangled things into actual human beings. And uh, he's got a couple anecdotes about the one who got away last year. So it's Mackie and Judd with Rami on the all-new Score North on 1500 and scorenorth.com. That's skornor And if you're listening live right now and you want to actually watch us, at least Rami and I, mm-hmm. and we should have a cutout of Judd in here somewhere, but you can watch us on Twitch. I'm in the Judd seat today are you really i am the slimming seat isn't a slimming seat yep yeah
0: (laughs) you're hidden so no one can see your bad posture that's right so we're just
1: we're just experimenting we're having some fun on twitch during the mackie and jub with rami show uh we do interact with you guys in the comment section it's just twitch.tv slash score north s-k-o-r north judd uh you want to
0: tell the audience here about your favorite place to buy and sell tickets Sure do. And that place, as I've been telling you for a few weeks now, folks, it's very, very simple. It's SeatGeek. In fact, I'm at SeatGeek.com right now. And because I'm in Florida here, I am looking at options for to buy tickets in Florida. So if you're a Twins fan and you're coming down to spring training, I am looking at uh, March 24th, Yankees Twins Ducats right now. SeatGeek.com is the place to go. Of course, back at home, we're talking about Wild, we're talking about Wolves, we're talking about the Twins. Once they do start in Frigid Target Field, Vikings go on right down the line. SeatGeek, what they do is they pull millions of tickets into one place so you can easily find those seats that you want for a price that you are willing to pay. SeatGeek is designed to make your ticket buying experience easier than ever. As I said before, all you need to do Go to SeatGeek.com. You'll see all of your ticket buying options. By searching multiple ticket sites and grading every ticket based on value, SeatGeek helps you find the best seats that fit your budget. Plus, every purchase is fully guaranteed, so you can shop for tickets on SeatGeek with confidence. We're talking about sports. We're talking about concerts. We're talking about comedy, the theater. Best of all, my listeners get $10 off their first SeatGeek purchase. All you have to do, download the SeatGeek app and enter promo code JUD today. That's promo code JUDD, J-U-D-D, for $10 off your first SeatGeek purchase, SeatGeek Life's an event, and we have the tickets. It's Bracket Month
1: on Score North. We'll unveil a new bracket
2: and social media vote every week all month. Follow it and vote. Bracket Bracket Month on Score North and scorenorth.com. It's Touch'em All. The thing I keep hearing about Miguel Sano is he gets it when it comes to conditioning and nutrition. Do you believe that he gets it there? It would be great for the Twins if that's the case, but I think you're kind of just rooting for that. Look, it's possible that Sano has sort of had this light bulb moment, but we just can't know for certain until months later, maybe years later. In fact, I'm just a little bit skeptical right now after the number of times I've heard that. Touch'em All. Touch'em
1: All. Here, score north. ScoreNorth.com.
2: Thank you, Jonathan. It's Mackie and Judd with Rami. Rami and Mackie in the TCL Broadcast Studios. Judd from uh, Twin Spring Training in Fort Myers, Florida. If you want to get in on the show, 651-646-8255, or you can tweet us at scorenorth. I referenced that piece by uh, Dan Hayes at The Athletic in the last segment. It's in Twins' new analytics model, How to Distill Info, is as vital as how to gather it. Did you guys have a chance to to read this thing? It's it, it's excellent. Amazing stuff in there. Really geeky stuff like soto pitch tracking and Edgertronic <laughs> cameras recording velocity, spin right and How about ca- that one? Capturing ca- release points and other vital data. We should do that for, the, that for one? the for the
1: athletes. The Judd athlete challenge. No, we need no, one of
2: those. <laughs> no,
0: no, that'd be bad. That, that's a very bad idea. Plus, I think I think as big as our budget now at the Score North might be, I think the these cameras might be a little outside of the budget. Hey, Maybe speaking just a of cameras,
2: bit. Judd, we have you on camera. I don't know if you saw. I'm that.
0: looking at myself on the Twitch feed right now. Yeah,
2: folks, go to, uh, what is it? Uh, Twitch.tv slash score north, S-K-O-R north. I feel
0: like collar, though, is taking up a lot of that screen, and so you're not getting the full Judd effect. I'm a pretty good-looking guy. We did what we could. I mean... <laughs> <laughs> hey, my posture's good, right, Rami? Yeah,
2: you're standing straight up, like <laughs> stiff as a board. Absolutely.
1: <laughs> so there's a piece in this article, because the I think the player in question here and it's the, it's the wrong perception and it's up to the twins to write this perception because ultimately it was their fault that this player didn't perform at the level that he should have with the twins and did with the Astros. Ryan Presley became the most dominant relief pitcher statistically in the national or in the uh, in the entire league in the second half of the season. I mean, he turned into the Houston Astros secret weapon out of their bullpen. And when asked about, and I'm paraphrasing this, I don't have his quote in front of me, But one of the Houston papers, I think it was the Chronicle, asked him, well, wow, you were good with the Twins, but how are you this good now with the Astros? And he said, well, you know, they just have a different way of kind of disseminating information and analytics, and they showed me that if I throw more curveballs, hitters have a tough time hitting my curveball because of the spin rate, blah, 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 blah. Right. And I think reaction from Twins fans was, well, weren't weren't the Twins supposed to be the analytical front office too? Why didn't they tell Ryan Presley to throw more curveballs? Well, this article from The Athletic essentially paints the picture that I'm going to read this part. And it's and Dan Hayes does a good job, I think, protecting people in this because he's not looking to hang anyone out to dry. But the um, former pitching coach Garvin Alston had prepared Ryan Presley to throw more curveballs, but he didn't throw his curveball more often until he left for Houston. The development left the front office searching for which link in the chain of communication was broken and a staff overhaul took place. The hope is there will be fewer barriers under Rocco Baldelli for potentially helpful information to reach players. Already this spring, there are noticeably more baseball ops employees walking through the clubhouse and meeting with coaches and players. So basically, the the twins said, well, we've got the same information. We want him to throw more curveballs. And somewhere between that message and the actual uh, pitch repertoire of Ryan Presley... It wasn't clicking, and that's what? why you have coaching and managerial changes.
2: In, in the in the the paragraph previous to the one that you read, there Philly says it says Paul Molitor understood what analytics offered and embraced it, but how effectively the coaching staff as a whole delivered the message isn't clear. Paul Molitor wasn't it wasn't a struggle of like old baseball and new baseball when he was the manager, was it? it I was, don't think it was. But no, he, he, yeah, go ahead, Judd
0: here's the here's the point and and this is why um because because derek and thad didn't take this job after that uh, disastrous 2016 and come in i think and say we really want to fire paul because we don't like him because paul was a hell of a baseball guy and is to this day but i think what we're seeing you guys is is the twins now have a manager and more so also a coaching staff in which, uh, in, which the, in which Falvey and Levine's thought process are in their DNA, too. Like, they, I just think these are different worlds. A- and this is not to say that there's a definite world that's better. But I think Paul tried to learn, and I think Paul worked hard, and Paul is an extremely bright baseball guy. But you were basically trying to, in some ways, I think, teach him a language he didn't know. And so he's trying to adapt, adjust, and then teach that, too. This is why... The conversation becomes so key that when you go to a player, you can't just say, here are five pages of notes for why you should do X, Y, and Z. What you need to do is distill the information, decide what's going to be important and most useful for that person, and go from there. And this is why, ultimately, I I think if you gave Falvey truth serum and said, why the change? This is why. Because they now have at least a group of people, and it might not work, but they at least have a group of people who are all who all think in like mind.
1: Yeah, I think all right, so I'm gonna say this, Judd, don't worry, your job is not in jeopardy. We love you here. But it would be like taking a newspaper guy who's dabbling in radio and saying, All right, Judd, we need to teach you how to how to edit and create uh uh you know videos that are like 20 minute, like we're going to be a full on videographer company and you're going to be a video documentarian. It's over. And Judd might say, well, like I'll record some stuff on my phone for you. (laughs) Right. And so like, so you're, you're telling Paul Molitor, listen, man, we need, we need you to know all of these new acronyms and how to communicate it with the players. And he's like, yeah, I mean, I'm game for that, but that's not how I grew up. That's not as Judd said, that's not in my baseball DNA and maybe it is in Rocco Baldelli's baseball DNA and it can just be communicated on a deeper level.
0: Yeah, and and I just it's it's I think the problem was and this is probably going away a little bit more now. I think the problem was when when an- analytics became such a huge part of baseball, you had these old school even adjustable and adaptable baseball people trying to go to players to explain what this all meant and it's damn near impossible, right? You you have to understand because, as I said on uh, Touch Them All today, if you've got ten really good points, you cannot take ten points to a to a person and be like, every one of these is important, and I think here's why. Yeah. You need to take the ten points. You need to cut those ten points, eight of which might be good points, solid, but not super important. Cut those eight points out, focus on two things, and go from there. And I think where there was a problem for a, a lot of teams, including this team, with Presley, probably was they knew what they wanted to tell them, but they didn't know exactly the best way to articulate it. And Houston's got that down to a science.
1: Yeah, and as and as and the Twins are trying. And as, as Trevor Hildenberger was quoted here. And you know, it's funny. I wrote down a list of, you know, for for touch em all today when we were when Robbie and I hijacked the first segment and said no, they need to bring in Craig Kimbrel. <laughs> and I had written down a list of pitchers. Said, man, if their bullpen was Craig Kimbrell and Trevor May and Taylor Rodgers was wonderful last year, and Fernando Romero, and they brought in Blake Parker. I didn't didn't even write down Trevor Hildenberger, who was maybe their best reliever two years ago, and now this is a quote from him to Dan Hayes from The Athletic. This year, the front office is just wide open. We're analytics, forward-thinking, and this is how we're going to do it. It's not like it's, oh, we're going to implement this idea. It's, this is our plan, this is how we're going to go attack hitters, Let's do it in spring training and find ways to get guys out. If it doesn't work, we'll find a new plan. It's about being aggressive and finding solutions. And, uh, and, and later on, they talk in this article about how, hey, it's, uh, it's, it's not like, oh, we should experiment with analytics. It's, no, this is how you will get better based on your pitch set. And this is why. And it, it's no longer, well, maybe you should try this. It's No, if you do this, this is the result that will come if you implement this properly. So that sounds like they've just been much more forward and frontal with their approach, which you but know that's what? That's coaching, right? If you get one shot as a, if, who knows if you get another shot as a GM or a president of baseball operations, right? You might as well implement what
0: you want to implement. But, but that's coaching, right? See, I, I think, I think the issue became, man, this guy's trying to dump all of this information on me and I don't get it. And therefore I'm going to try some of this, but I'm not going to try some. But I think if you go to a guy with, with a coherent one point or two part plan, right? And mm-hmm. you say, if you do this, you'll be successful. I don't care what you call it. Th- there's a chance it's going to work. If I go to you with 10 things and I've got mounds of of charts and graphs, you're going to be like, what? Why? So I think what, what we ne- needed to do and what these people are now successfully doing in the game is they're taking a step back and making it easier for the player to digest.
2: And they have to do that because, like you guys are pointing out, the teams that are successful in doing that – are the teams that are winning championships right yeah. now. The Red Sox, the Astros, the Cubs, the Dodgers. And yes, all those teams have in common that they can spend a crap load of money, but but they they also know how to use analytics and, and put it in a way that's digestible for their players. Yeah. And you hear guys, Jake Arrieta is an example with the Cubs, you hear guys in every organization who have had trouble at previous stops and people ask them, like you said what's the difference here how come it, it clicks here and you hear guys say well they have a different way of of taking information and processing it and getting it to the players in in a more effective way that's something that in today's major league baseball you have to do effectively if you're going to be competitive also there's for, for so long there's been this tug of
1: war between the spreadsheet and computer people and the old school right you can't baseball games aren't won with a spreadsheet and i i think we can eliminate that divide very simply by defining First of all, getting rid of the word analytics. It's just a ridiculous word. Just, it's, let's just get rid of the word because what, it really, what we're talking about here is how do you get better as a player? And there's just more information available now in baseball more than any sport because there's just so many things you can track mm-hmm. and so many things made available to the public and between uh, opponents. If it just comes down to, listen, here's a bunch of information for why your curveball is your best pitch. And we're no longer guessing. We've got all kinds of data that says you should throw your curveball 50% more than you do, and you're going to be a better pitcher. How can anyone hate that premise, right? Like, that's not ruining the game. That's making a pitcher better. That's making Ryan Presley better. It makes yeah. Ryan Presley millions of dollars, and it, and it gets the Astros one step closer to a World Series. Could have gotten the Twins one step closer to maybe a playoff berth
2: or or a division championship if they had managed it right. I don't understand people who fight analytics and if we need to come up with a different word for it like Phil said to 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 make that more digestible for people great but information i don't, I don't under, yeah i don't understand people who are like i don't want to know more i don't i don't, don't want to be more educated and know more about this stuff and, and find a more and find a, a, a more effective and more likely way to win that's just not
0: my bag because <laughs> i i think the difference is i and I, I think this is true about about what you were just talking about i think th- this is true about the game itself um change Baseball and its fans, some fans, are so afraid of change, right? Because we talk about the same things about how do we improve the game? How do we speed up the game? How do we do this and that? And everything among some, not all, is met with this resistance of you can't do that. You can't change that. And the answer is in 2019, you absolutely can. And if you want the long-term health of said sport, you probably should. Yeah.
1: All right. Do you want to empty your Twins notebook when we come back here, Judd? Hold on a second. I got to get it out. Hold on, right? It's right here. Do you have like? Can you give Hold us like on. a top five things you learned? Can you hear it?
0: Can you hear it? There's my there's my <laughs> twins notebook. Right Sounds there. like a tablet. There's my. Well, I mean, I've been, been here one day. Uh, yeah, I've got a few observations for you um, in off today's game, including a relief pitcher who had a rough season last year and looked awful today. And I also have a question for you guys when it comes to the big third baseman who has yet to play
1: also later on in the show too the grittiest Minnesota athletes bracket is off to a flying start today. I'm gonna need to be educated on on the grit of these guys oh it's gonna be amazing. Level. I yes. need I need a gritty education we will do so uh, if you're watching us on the twitch stream right now you can see one of our TCL TVs in the background here there's one behind the camera too over there they put another one in over by Jonathan on the oh, other yeah, side of the glass here too that. you know TCL is Americas of course he has soccer on it <laughs> does he what's he watching Minnesota United Oh, the replay.
2: Yeah. Okay. Oh, okay. Right on. Well, we're the flagship for Minnesota United, so that's yeah. okay. And that's
1: Jonathan good. Harrison is the lead voice. Along with Dan Terhar yes, for Minnesota United soccer games. Uh, and you can watch Minnesota United on a TCL TV just like Jonathan is. You can watch all kinds of sports on a TCL TV. If you're one of those cord cutters or you're thinking about cutting the cord, there is no better TV option than TCL because you get access to 5,000-plus streaming channels and 450,000-plus movies and TV show episodes. You can just toggle back and forth very easily between your cable-slash-satellite channels, or you can uh, get over to those streaming channels with one click of a button. It's very easy. And you can stare at any TCL TV for yourself at any major local retailer in the Twin Cities. It's Mackie and Judd with Rami from the TCL Studios. All right, thank you, Jonathan Harrison. It's Mackie and Judd. With Rami and Mackie in studio, and cardboard cutout Judd in studio, because real Judd is down at Hammond Stadium in Fort Myers, Florida, where he's been soaking up Twins baseball today. Uh, CJ Crone with a, two home runs today. Two
0: home runs. Two I home talked runs. to him. I talked to him today. Well, wh- why don't you give After his big day?
1: Empty your notebook with us. here. give us the give us okay. a handful of things that you observed today.
0: Okay. At twins um, camp. I know that we are always urged to not put much credence in what pitchers do, especially at this time of uh, spring training. Uh, that being said, Addison Reed, you got some work to do here. Yeah. That was, um, I was, this was right before we did touch them all, gentlemen, so I was actually keeping score at this point. Let's see what uh, I got.
1: A, uh, Judd uh, hand keeps score every,
0: that's uh, cool. every game. That's yeah. cool. I like that. I appreciate that. He bought
1: a $30 that. scorebook. Uh, this is a couple years ago.
2: Oh, no, that's too much. Yeah, before the season.
0: <laughs> I'm slowly going through it, Rami. <laughs> uh, we had, uh, let's see, the first guy he faced after after Gibson pitched two, and by the way, Gibson was pretty good. Um, Addison Reed gave up a single left to the number nine hitter. He then got an out. He then hit a guy. He then walked a guy. He then gave up a grand slam. He then walked a guy. So, as I said, I know that we're always urged, don't put any credence in it, but I can't help but think to myself that you don't go out there working on that many things that you're that bad. Um. Kyle Gibson, as I said before, pitched the first two. It was his first start of the spring. Looked good. The C.J. Crone story to me, which I'm I'm actually going to once we're done here, gentlemen, right about this evening for scorenorth.com, this one intrigues me. Because the more I look at this, and and I know that we saw the stats at the time that he uh, was claimed after being waived by Tampa. But the more I I look at it, you know, we're talking about a guy who, what, last year hit 30 home runs. Drove in 74 runs. Mm Mm-hmm. (laughs) <laughs> so i talked to him it was actually during the course of the game today because he was done playing and i said said how'd you take it how'd you feel when tampa waved you you know you're not exactly coming off a bad year and he said you know i would be surprised in most cases but a, a year ago they did the same thing to to dickerson who was um an all-star they dfa'd him and i think he was eventually traded to pittsburgh and so he said i wasn't entirely shocked but this could be the uh, the right side of the twins infield intrigues me a lot because with scope and with Crone you're talking about two guys on short-term deals one guy in Crone is coming off a pretty good year one guy in scope two years ago was good was terrible last year but if all goes according to plan those guys have good years there is a very good chance that both that both are or at least one one and done here right because yeah. if you think about the possible replacements, to which I would, I would say at some point in time, very soon, you're going to have to come to the reality that Miguel Sano probably moves to first. Correct.
1: How about if we just get him to move to I the? I know. Uh, well, and that's going to be my active question. roster. For I rest. know. Be good.
0: Uh, Pol- Polanco almost certainly at some point very soon, I would guess, is going to move from short to second. Yes. So if if Sculpe and Croner are both good and get multi year deals, it's a good chance it's elsewhere. Uh my next point is a question for you guys. And I asked the same question on Unchained with Roycey which will air on our station right after our show. Is Miguel Snow just going to be one of those people who it's always something with?
1: Well, its I mean it, I, I would like to say no because at some point it's you're, you're just going to get healthy and but to to this point, yes.
2: He yeah, hasn't come know. anywhere near a full season. I don't know. I I don't think anybody can confidently answer that question. No, I don't, I, it's, it would be impossible at this point. And some of it isn't his fault, but with, right. with some guys, and Derek Rose is an example of this in, in the NBA, a guy who I love and have rooted for since he got in this league. But it does seem like it's always something with D Rose, whether it's an injury or, or something else, it's always something. And, and so far that has indeed been the case with Miguel Sano. I saw him
0: today. He's got the boot on. He's in pretty, doggone good shape. Mm-hmm. So I'm looking at this guy, and I'm thinking, okay, f- uh, for the most part, you did everything that you were asked to do. You're no longer fat. Uh, you're giving yourself a chance. And you still got this boot on, and now they're, they're talking about the fact that he might not be set to play on opening day. And and to your Rose point, it just occurred to me, is this going to be, in five years, are we going to say it was always something?
1: Yeah, it's, it's so hard to answer because... The answer is yes right now. And, you know, I I think all you can do is say this time around, when, when, last year was almost 100% self-inflicted. Yes. Because he, he he weighed 300 pounds. like And I get that there was an instance where he fouled the ball off his foot at one point a couple of years ago, and you could say that, all right, maybe that's just bad luck too. But when you weigh 300 pounds, you're bringing a, a lot of stuff on yourself, and you're there's no way that you're in the best possible condition to play baseball. But when you lose all that weight, and he did exactly what we wanted him to do, Judd, you and I were hammering him and Buxton saying, you can't take the winter off. You can't just show up and start taking batting practice in December or January. You have to face actual pitching in the offseason. Yep. And Buxton started facing live pitching, it sounds like, in November or maybe even October. And Miguel Sano said, not only am I going to face live pitching, I'm going to go play in the Venezuelan Winter League playoffs and play high-level Winter League baseball. He did all the things we wanted him to do, and then in the celebration, someone with a cleat steps on his Achilles tendon and rips it open. I have a hard time lumping this in with anything else previously. I'm not, I, I have a hard time being really critical of him in
0: this. Case. No, and I'm not asking you to be. I'm, I'm just to the point now where it just always seems like something's going wrong. So I'm not even criticizing him. He did what he was supposed to do. But it just occurred to me as I, I looked at this guy who looks in good shape and is wearing a walking boot because yeah. of this freak thing that I that there's just some guys that their careers get done or, or they're still playing but they don't fulfill their potential. Yeah. And it's just because it was always something. And some of it is their fault and some of it's not their fault.
1: So back to your C.J. Crone. So C.J. Crone was the big offensive bat of the day for the Twins today. Two home runs. And uh, and 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 you uh, went up and asked him about getting cut by the Rays or getting you know getting waived by the Rays. First of all, I, I don't think you can be offended if you're a player getting waived by the Rays because there's all kinds of th- big time 30 home run hitters. It's like every year they wave a 30 home run hitter. <laughs> yeah, they just drop those like nothing. But CJ <laughs> Crone isn't this for for the anti Joe Mauer crowd for the people that just weren't that into Joe Mauer because he didn't hit enough home runs. And he was all, what was one of the other big criticisms of Joe Maurer besides not hitting home runs? That he would look to draw walks in situations where swing the bat was warranted, right? That yeah. he's just looking to draw walks, which I not say, a bopper. Which right. I say, yeah, move the chains any way you can. Avoiding an out is the most important thing to do in baseball. You know my stance on Joe Maurer. But CJ Crohn, if you were in that camp as being. Anti Joe Mauer or weren't fulfilled by Joe Mauer. I would think that C.J. Cron fills a lot of those needs that you wanted. Right. Well, you wanted more power. Mm-hmm. This dude hit 30 home runs last year. You wanted a guy. guy who wasn't just looking to walk on a regular basis. Okay, this guy. This guy came to the to the plate 560 times last year and walked only 37 times. He's up there swinging the bat. Uh, his strikeout numbers are going to be potentially high. Uh, so if if I don't think C.J. Krohn is as good as Joe Mauer. He's a much different player than Joe Mauer. Mm-hmm. But if you were in that camp, I would
2: think that C.J. Krohn is a breath of fresh air for you at first base for the Twins. Yeah, brings, like you said, everything that you're looking for over at that position. If he if he can just match the numbers that he had last year, mm-hmm. if they can improve on that, and going back to the stuff we were talking about earlier of taking guys and, and actually getting more out of them than you got in previous stops, you could really have something in C.J. Krohn. And back to Judd's point about the right side of the infield, I think Jonathan Scope might be the best bounce-back candidate on this Twins roster because this is a guy who was an All-Star in 2017. Last year, he has the injury, and as he's trying to get back to form from that injury, he gets traded to a different league, and all of a sudden, he's in the middle of a division race, and about a week after he's traded into the middle of that division race, they trade for another guy, and now all of a sudden, he's not even playing second base every day. He's not even out on the field every day. And that's that's no way for a guy who's coming off of injury and, and trying to find his way again to 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 get that rhythm. So I I really think that Jonathan Scope is is poised for a big bounce back year for the Twins this year. And I agree with Judd that the right side of that infield for the Twins is
0: very intriguing to me. Hey, bo- hey boys, yes, let's dare to dream for one second. Let's, Phil, F- if you could fire up something that is um, hmm. that is akin for dreaming, what if? What if the Minnesota Twins 2019 edition, coming off a disappointing 2018, mm-hmm. what if Scope comes back? And let's, ju- let's just say he is 75% of the guy he was in Baltimore a couple years back. C.J. Crone still strikes out a lot, but hits for power. Nelson Cruz is your D.H. Miguel Sano, let's say he starts playing and it does click. Um, Rosario is back. Kepler is expected to do more. Buxton, so far in spring training, although I am hesitant to get too excited about it, has been very, very good. This this lineup could be very different than what we've seen. And this is coming from me. No, it, it's... But well, think about
1: it. There's a reason why... There, there's people around the country. So John Morosi is a very credible, plugged-in uh, national baseball reporter. We've had him on the show before from Fox Sports Joe Sheehan is a very analytically friendly, he's now got his own newsletter, but he's been baseball prospectus before. And those are two guys just in the last couple of days that have come out and said, yep, the twins are my pick for the American League Central crown. Not a wild card spot. They are my pick to beat the Indians for the division championship. Now you, you're going to have to have all of these guys we're listing and include Byron Buxton on that list. Like they're all going to have to perform at or near their peak. But it kind of reminds me of 2006, where like the Twins had a bunch of guys on the roster that, at their peak, were all All Star and or maybe even MVP caliber type players, and and they had I think they had a they had more top end pitching too on that team. Uh, but when it all clicks, that team won almost 100 games. Of course, they got swept by a crappy A's team in the playoffs. But I'm I'm, I'm kind of looking at it the, the same way you are, in that this lineup there's a bunch of 30 home run potential or proven even 30 home run hitters in this lineup and even if most of them click this is going to be a team that scores a bunch of
2: runs I know Derek is our baseball guy and I'm not here to question his authority by any by any stretch and you can find all of Derek Wetmore's work from Twin Spring Training <laughs> at scorenorth.com even if it's not credible at <laughs> all he's, he's powered by he's Shane right Company he's your friend in the up. diamond business but he said on Touch all today oh. that he sees the Indians being 15 games, 10 to 15 games better than the Twins right now On paper, I just don't see that. I I just don't see what Derek is seeing with the Cleveland Indians. Yes, that rotation is very good, but they were really, really dormant in the offseason while the Twins were among the top ten teams in spending this offseason. And I think, including some of the guys we've talked about here in this segment, have added added a significant amount of wins with some of the acquisitions that they made this offseason. Yeah.
1: Yeah, why don't you go walk over there and tell Derek that his credibility he's is listening. shot.
0: But after make sure you tell shot. It's him, on delay, but he's listening.
2: But also tell him <laughs> I got the Shane Company reference in there, too. So we're, we're good on that. <laughs> People uh, are happy. That, that's all that matters. That's all me. that matters.
1: Uh, gentlemen, when we come back here, a world in which Luke Collins from Little Big League, the Twins' first baseman, can battle Jordan Murphy, the power forward star of the <laughs> Gophers basketball team. This is a oh, world boy. I want to live in. And you will when we come back here. But we're going to go down to Judd Zolgad in Fort Myers to talk about his favorite painting company.
0: And of those, of course, Phil Mackey would be the folks at Serta Pro Painters. All right. So here's the ugly truth about me. I'm not a handyman. I've talked about it before. I talked about it on this show. And stop laughing because I've got a message for you. But, yes, I'm not the do-it-yourself guy, and I'm also not a paint-it-yourself guy, and that is why I want to talk to you about them, my friends at Serta Pro Painters. They are my painting professionals, and because of them, guess what? My house, at least the interior, will soon look a lot better. I've started the process of getting two rooms in my home painted, guest room and a bath, and it's been so easy. It has I am absolutely thrilled, and most importantly, Mrs. Zolgad is thrilled too. So the service and attention to detail has been fantastic, and so was the efficiency when it came to setting things up to get the work done. Folks, I'm telling you right now, Serta Pro Painters makes my life easy, and they can do the same for you. It helps that each Certapro Painters business is independently owned and operated, so it's right here in your community. If you're like me, if you're like me and need any work done, excuse me, I urge you to schedule your free estimate online at Certapro.com or by calling 800 Go Certa. Painting is an investment, and choosing the right painting company is an important decision. Trust the professionals at Serta Pro Painters to protect and transform your home. Find out for yourself the type of quality that you get, as I am doing right now, from Serta Pro Painters. Again, get your free estimate online at certapro.com or by calling 800-GO-SERTA. That's Serta with a C. Serta Pro Painters. We do painting, and you do life.